and destroyed the information that you used to believe. Kind of brings despair. You're kind of like, really? All right. Um, I learned some information when I was young. I told my dad, as you can tell, I didn't quite make it to the height of some people. And, uh, and I told my dad when I was young I wanted to play basketball. I was really excited about that. And these were the days of Larry Bird and the, the greatest players ever. And, uh, and uh, he was wondering why I wanted to play basketball. I said, well, they're tall. <laughs> and the information that came to me that was depressing was, no, they play because they're tall. You don't play basketball to get tall. So there, that went out the window, you know, and that was, it was kind of dis- discouraging, a little bit depressing, you know. And uh, our youngest daughter one time, she was uh, probably about eight years old, and uh, her sisters were teasing her that she was adopted. And uh, just, I mean, I walked into the room, and, and, uh, and the girls were saying something. I, well, I said, well, of course you are. And just at that moment, Philip walks in the back sliding glass door with, I don't know what he was doing. He walks in, and I said, Philip, isn't Katie adopted? And he goes, and he wasn't even there for the conversation. He goes, yeah, and walks off. And so she's like, Rah! you know and uh sherry goes and pulls up baby photos to show her birth and reassure her that among her siblings you know they were all siblings okay they were all the same and uh so she was a little disappointed there for a little while she had some doubt and i'm telling you it kind of had some problem and because the way she reacted and to this day the way she still reacts it makes things like that really fun and uh so we still do it to her but anyway if fellow human beings could make each other, one another doubt in certain ways, what's, let me, let me say it this way, how much more competent is Satan at making a believer doubt some things? Can I remind you that Satan and the, and, and, and the, the devils have had 6,000 years to study humans? They know you probably better than you know yourself. And they have, I'm telling you, sometimes we have things that come into our life that we, we have this core bit of information that we believe, we believe the Word of God, and something comes creeping along and we go, oh, that's weird. And something starts going along. And, and sometimes if we're honest with ourselves, there are times in people's lives as believers when little things of doubts have come up in their life, right? And I'm thankful that God knew this. I'm thankful that God understands it. I'm glad that God knows what we're we're but dust. I'm glad he knows our frame. I'm glad about that. And much of the New Testament is replete with markers to the child of God to counter the doubts and the lies of Satan and bring confidence into the life of a child of God. And in 1 John chapter 5, there are one of those markers that I want to look at today, a marker of assurance for a child of God and a marker of a warning for those who have not put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But here are some markers that accompany a genuine believer. And would you look at verse 13? Brother Jim read our text in verses 10 through 13, but I want you to notice specifically verse 13. And the Bible says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. How many in here believe on the name of the Son of God? Amen? Amen. He's writing to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Look at this. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. 
What a great marker that is. John says in this verse here that he is writing to us, the Holy Spirit of God uh, 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 saw fit that through, through John here, he would write to us so that we can know that we have eternal life. You know, there are many out in the world that say it's impossible to know things. It is impossible to know some things. There are those within religions that say it's impossible to know whether you're saved or not. I was at the door of a lady one time over in Aurora years ago, and she says, well, I don't think it's possible to know. How, how can you really know that you're saved? And I've, of course, I said, well, the apostle Paul said, I know who I believe, right? He knew it's possible. And she goes, no. I just I just think that when you get to heaven, you know, God's going to outweigh the good works and the bad works, and we'll find out then. I was at a funeral one time for a family member who was uh, who was uh, holding his Pentecost, and this funeral got to the end, and the preacher was preaching, and at the end, and he said, "We hope today, we hope that God receives her." I said, boy, I'm so glad we don't have a hope so salvation. Amen. We have a no so salvation. But there are those out there that say it's up to God for us to, whether we know it or not, we'll find out one of these days. Some say they don't really care whether to know or not because you're going to deal with these people out in the world because they say, hey, there's just no absolutes. I mean, we can't, we can't know anything. There are no absolutes. Funny story. I was on visitation up in North Springfield and uh, this guy's uh, sign on his door over the door there in North Springfield said metaphysics. I thought, oh, this is interesting. And so I began to, he came to the door and I got talking to him and in the process of the conversation, I said, so you, you don't believe there's any absolutes? He goes, well, no, no, there's not. I said, but you just made an absolute statement. Uh, so obviously you believe there's absolutes, right? right. And, uh, but some people will go that route. No, there's no absolutes. We cannot know one thing or another. There are some that, listen, they're just torn because they, they don't believe, but there's something inside them that they want to believe, but they just don't really, uh, really want what the truth is a lot of times. But there's some out there that are just torn with the truth. How many know Jean-Paul Sartre? He was a French philosopher who essentially said the great famous saying, I exist, therefore I am. He's a, what we would call an existentialist. He was an atheist that did not believe that anything existed outside of the material world. Uh, really, Plato had some of the same, not P-L-A-Y-D-O, P-L-A-T-O. Plato had some of the same thoughts of what all that is reality is what exists in the cave and or in it's not reality, but the the true truth is what's outside of what we know. There's still some uh, about a little difference there of of what is real, but there, there's still a distinction to these people, especially with the, the existentialists, that there there is only certain things that you can really know, and there's some things that you can't know. To Jean Paul Sartre, he said the only thing that you can really know is what is material, and outside of the material, we, it's not possible to know. It's not possible to be sure. He said this, I quote this, listen, he says that God does not exist, I cannot deny. That my whole being cries out for God, I cannot forget. Man, what a mess. What a mess. So listen, this morning, the one who contends, this John Paul Sartre, think about this, the one who contends that the only real thing is what he can see is also the one who confesses that his whole being cries out for what he can't see. Isn't that interesting? 
See, watch this. The world may say it's not possible to know there is a God. The world may say that I don't care whether it is even possible to know there is a God. The world may say I want there to be one, but I just don't think it's possible to know. Here in 1 John, the Holy Spirit of God through John is saying us, he's telling us that, it, listen, that we can know, we can know the things of God. Amen? Are we good with that? I'll start over. Okay. How do we know? How do we know? <laughs> That's right. He said so. Number two, look at this. These things have I written. Have I written? He said so. John was telling to these believers that because God wanted these truths, they were so necessary, they were so needed that, listen, God put them in writing. He put them in writing so they would not be lost. We have them today. We have the preserved word of God. God wanted a point of reference to every child of God to find the assurance that they needed when the attacks of Satan began to ramp up. And you know, if you realize this, uh, it's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ did while he was here on this earth. It was the same thing he did during his, uh, his temptation. Uh, Jesus, when he was tempted in the wilderness, remember Satan came to him at the very end when he was hungry and, and he said you know if thou be the son of God don't you love how he tempted Jesus if thou be the son of God uh, make these stones into bread right go ahead let me see it and Jesus wasn't going to suffer a fool he said I'm not doing that and he said what did he say it is written don't you love he could have said I said and he would have been accurate but I th I'm thankful for us he said it is written Man shall not live by bread alone. And Satan was whipped there, so he took him up to the pinnacle of the temple. And he said, cast yourself off, for it is written. Satan said, it is written. Careful. He'll, he'll twist and quote scripture too. He said, it is written, he shall keep his angels charge over thee. You shall not, lest thou dash thy foot upon a stone. And Jesus turned again and said, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Third time, Satan takes him up to a high mountain and shows him all of the, all of the, all, all, all of the, uh, the kingdoms of the world. And he said, If you'll just bow down to me, you can have all of them. And Jesus said, Get thee behind thee, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord. I like this. Thy God. Oh, Satan is going to answer to his God one of these days. He has rejected him, but he's going to answer to him one day. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. At the end of every offer of Satan, at the end of every temptation of Satan, Jesus simply replied with, It is written. I think it's a wonderful example for us. Amen. We go to the word of God. It was the written word of God that defeated the temptation of Satan. It was the written word of God that strengthens. It is the written word of God that has the power. Listen to this. God spoke the worlds into existence. He said, let there be light. And there was. Think how unchangeable the word of God is. That when he told the planets and he told the stars to be in their place, they have not moved since that day. And that's the word that we have, uh, that we have confidence in. That is the word that we run to. It is the written word of God that has authority over his creation. The worlds will be judged by him someday. 
I believe over in Revelation 20, it talks about the books, plural. I have no doubt that of those books will be judged, one of them, by the Word of God. Yeah. It's the written Word of God that cannot change. It cannot change. Matthew 5.18, Jesus said, There will not be one jot nor tittle shall pass till all the law be fulfilled. Those, those little marks in the Hebrew language, we might call it the dotting of an I or the crossing of a T. Jesus said, not one of those will pass till all of the law be fulfilled. In Psalm 119, verse 89, the psalmist said, thy, 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 Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Man may try to change it here, but they can't change what's settled in heaven. Amen. Yes, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. How can we know? Because it is written. Listen to me this morning, please. Salvation is not based upon a feeling. It is not based upon a good work. It is not based upon signs or miracles. It is not based upon the family that we are born into. Our salvation is based upon the very declaration of God because he said so. Amen. Amen. You know what happened that day, don't you? You heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Something began to draw you. Something began to convict you. Something began to draw you in. It might have been days. It might have been months. It might have been years. But you finally you came to God. Yeah. You knew you were at odds with him. And you came to that day of surrender. And you said, I'm wrong. You're right. I believe Jesus. I believe I believe what he said about me. I believe what he says about himself. I believe what, what he said about the sacrifice. I believe what you said about the blood. I believe it all, and I want that. And I tell you what, repentance came, confession was made, and you know what happened? Regeneration. The Spirit was made alive. We were reconciled back to God. We are saved. Romans 9, 10, 9 and 10, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. How do I know I'm saved? It's written. It's written. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's the security of the believer. We are saved because God said so. Amen. Because he said so. The same God that told the universe to appear. The same God that tells, tells it to continue. It's the same, that same word is the same God who promised to make your dead spirit alive if you put your faith and trust in him. Exactly. See, if you're saved this morning, you're saved because God said so. It's what, no watch, salvation is what he does to you. It's a work he did in you because, watch, because in faith and repentance you responded to him. And nothing, <laughs> nothing and no one has the power to override the word of God. Hold on a minute. I hope I say this rightly and you don't mis misunderstand me, but not even God. No. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Amen. He said it. How do you know you're saved? Well, it's written. It's written. The, you know, now, now, notice he goes on here. These things have I written unto you. Look at this. Thirdly, say, uh, thirdly here, that believe. That believe. See, there's a vast difference in believing in and believing on. Amen. We know this. 
I, I know some of this is old hat for you all, but listen, you're going to be, sometimes I, I love how uh, God brings things into our life on a, on a Sunday and we meet somebody on a Tuesday and we're so glad we heard it again on Sunday and we're equipped. Amen. There's a vast difference between believing in and believing on. I can believe in George Washington. I can believe in Ale Alexander the Great. I can believe in Mr. Rogers, right? They all existed. Yeah. But there's none of these men that I am depending on to get me to heaven. In verse 1 in our text, look what it, the, 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 uh, of our text in chapter 5, it begins by addressing those who believe who believe in Jesus and believe in who he claims to be. Look, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. They believed he existed, but watch this. They believe who he is, Messiah. Right? Watch. If you don't believe those two things, there's nothing to believe on. It starts with belief in, but at one point in your life, it's got to turn to believing on. You know, there's many people out there that believe in, that Jesus existed. They believe that he was a good man. They believe that he was a good teacher. Uh, some even in Islam will even believe he was a prophet. But they deny him as God, thus they do not believe on him. Yeah. Right. The devils believe in what does the Bible say? Tremble. No, they believe in him. Oh, no, they, they know their creator. But, friend, they're not trusting him whatsoever. Absolutely not. See, it's when you put your entire weight, it's when you put your entire trust on Jesus that an individual is born again. How many of you sitting in your chair right now are just barely sitting on it? Uh, you know, you, you don't you don't have all your weight on there, right? Because you're just no, you're not sure that the chair is going to hold you. Right? So you're just eh. no. You haven't even thought about the chair, have you? You haven't. Uh, maybe this morning you came in, you sat down, and it never crossed your mind. Well, I wonder what this chair is going to do. I'll just try it out. I'm going to try it. Aren't you glad we don't try Jesus? You either believe him or you don't. Yeah. You know why you try, you, you, you're, you're trusting that chair? How do I know you're trusting it? You're just sitting back not thinking a thing about it. You're relying on it. You're relying on everything about it. And you're just, watch, it doesn't even cross your mind. Yeah. I was trying to think how to illustrate this. If you've ever uh, had some endeavor that took a lot of money, let's, let's pretend Martin is starting a, a bakery because he loves to bake or eat bakeries. Yeah, yeah there it is. And uh, he's going to start a business. And he needs, you know, a million bucks, which he's close. He's, he's Miss Mary, you can tell, he's about a thousand bucks off. And uh, so he's going to start this business, but he realizes there's some other things coming up and, you know, it's kind of nerve wracking to think about it. And Miss Mary's thinking, oh, goodness, I, 
I don't know if you can pull this off. I mean, it takes a lot of money, and you burn everything you've ever baked. And actually, no, you've never baked. And, and th there's a lot of fear here, and I don't know. And the biggest fear is it's just going to cost us a lot of money. We're going to lose a lot of money. Yeah. But say Martin gets out there, and he gets talking, and he's got that gift to draw people in, you know. And he comes home, and he says, hey, I found an investor. He's going to give me a million bucks to start this business. We don't even have to pay it back. He's just looking for a tax write-off. He doesn't even care what happens to it. We could just, you know, it could just fold in a week and he doesn't care. What happens all of a sudden? Okay, dummy, go have your bakery. Have, have fun with it, right? Yeah. What are you doing? Hold on, watch this. You've moved your faith and trust from your bank account to this guy's bank account. And if it's way better than yours... You know what happens? You've, pay, you've placed your faith and trust there. You've placed your faith and trust in the one who's able to provide all the needs for this business adventure you have or venture. And now watch, now there's no worry or fear. Hey, it's good. What did you do? You moved your faith and trust. You're tr watch, you're trusting on the ability of somebody greater than than yourself and there is none greater than God Amen. these things have I written unto you that believe we can know that we're saved because we're our believing in has shifted to believing on to believing on our text tells us that our belief requires an object and the object of our belief is none other than the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and the work that he accomplished now notice this verse 5 would you look at verse 5 who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is what the son of God. On visitation yesterday, I mentioned it in Sunday school, a young man we were talking to, and I asked them this question. I said, well, do you believe Jesus is God? Goes to a very well-known church over here. Do you believe Jesus is God? He goes, uh, my, my father and I have had that discussion. He struggled over the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. He struggled how God, how there could only be one God, and yet Jesus could be God as well, and and he and he he struggled over that, right? And there are many that do. There are many that struggle over that. There are many so-called gods in the world that put their trust, uh, that people put their trust in. There are all sorts of things out there, but salvation is only found in the Son of God, and His name is Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. There is no, watch, there is no salvation in the Jesus of Scientology. There is no, if they even recognize Him, there is no salvation in the Jesus of the Jehovah's Witness, who believe He's Michael the Archangel. There is no salvation in the Jesus of Mormonism who believes he is the brother of Satan. There is no salvation in the powerless Jesus of baptismal regeneration. There is no salvation in there. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved and it is the Jesus revealed in the word of God. 
I told this young man, I said, you're, if your faith is not in the Jesus of the Bible, you're, 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 you're placing your faith in something that God has not put on the table. The offer is not on the table. And your eternal existence is resting on who you believe Jesus is, whether it's the God of the Bible or it's one of your own imagination. The offer on the table, it's Jesus Christ. Watch the eternal Son of God. Acts 4.12, I already read that to you. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Hebrews 1.8, the Father spoke to the Son. He said, Thy throne, O God, the Father called Jesus God, is forever and ever. Over in Hebrews 1.8, I love that. He's God. He is creator in John 1.1. That really messes the Mormons up, I tell you what. How can Jesus be the, the brother of Satan and also the creator of him as well? I mean, wouldn't that make him a created being as well if he's a brother of Satan? Oh, that's a mess. It gets such a mess when you reject the Bible, doesn't it? Yeah, he's creator. He's God. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, he is the sustainer of all that, that is. And it says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time, passed unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. And it goes on to say, who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person. And listen to this, upholding all things by the word, by the word, by the word of his power. You know, scientists are delving deeper and deeper into the subatomic level, and they've been trying to figure out what holds it all together. You know what they have found out? Nothing. No, not that they haven't found out nothing. The deeper they get, they find out that there's nothing there that holds it together. And I said, hallelujah, because it is held together by the word of his power, because he said so. Jesus holds it all. He is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He is savior who came to seek and to save that which was lost. He is redeemer. I like this. He's friend over, over in John. He says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. If you do whatsoever, I have commanded you. Jesus is the very eternal son of God. And if you've placed your faith in, in him, in that Jesus, according to the word of God this morning, you're saved. Do you remember the day you did that? Do you remember you turned to the day, the Jesus of the Bible? I'm not saying you understood everything about him. What relationship starts off by knowing everything about the person? Boy, but as we grow and grow and grow, doesn't it get sweeter and sweeter and sweeter? You know him more and more and more. That's the Jesus. That is him. Our faith is in him and him alone. Now, finally... Notice the final truth in this verse. Why did the Holy Spirit of God give these words to John? Look at this. That ye may know what? That you have eternal life. <laughs> that you have eternal life. 1 John 2.25, and this is the promise he hath promised us, even eternal life. Even means namely to, to, the, to the, point, the end point of it all. Eternal life. Life, John ten twenty eight. I give unto them eternal life, Jesus says, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. 
We read this this morning, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. First John, here it is, 5, look at verse 11 right above here. And this is the record that God hath given unto us, eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Did you catch that? His life is where? Is in His Son. It's in Jesus Christ. Eternal life is not measured in length. Eternal life is determined by location. It's Jesus Christ. It's Him. Every soul, hey, you're going to live eternally somewhere. You're either going to be in Christ eternally or you're going to be outside of Christ eternally. What is the Bible talking about? What is it talking about here where your eternity is going to be spent, right? What is it talking about in Christ? Is eternal life outside of Christ? Eternal death. Where? Where? Where, where are you going to spend eternity? Life or death? Life or death? The moment you placed your trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God declares you in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There's therefore now no condemnation, Romans 8, 1, to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We are in Jesus Christ, and we know this, that in Jesus is eternal life. In him was life, for over in John 1, 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. He's life. He's life. Jesus saith unto them in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth in me shall never thirst. Listen, please. If the location of our life is in Jesus, and Jesus is eternal life, then all of those who are in Christ Jesus, watch right now. Now. You have eternal life. You know, you know what happens when we die in this life? We just shed that thing, this earth suit that hinders us, that keeps us from being in the presence of God. Yeah. We're going to put it off someday. Yay. You ever get those texts? Yay. We're going to put this off someday. Forever we'll be in the presence of God. Philippians 3.20 says our conversation is in heaven. That word conversation, what a neat word. We know it means lifestyle. But no, listen, listen to this definition of conversation. It is a state, a commonwealth, a form of government and the laws by which it is administered. Our legal residence. Our legal residence. Yeah. We, when we were in 1974, our family was telling, moved from Springfield to, to the commonwealth of Massachusetts. The communist commonwealth. Oh, I didn't say that. The con, the, con, it's so easy to say commonwealth and communist. It goes together so well. To the commonwealth of Massachusetts. It was our legal residence. Watch this. Our conversation. Our legal residence right now is in heaven. Yeah. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 6, He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's right now. Our conversation, our citizenship, our spiritual locality, our legal place of residence is in Christ. And you know what that means? If you are in Christ today, wherever you, when this life is over, 
and this ride is done, right? Whatever you're in is where the destination is going to end up. Let me, let me, let me explain it this way. I know many in here probably have flown an airplane, right? Not flown one, but flown in one. I'd like to fly one. They won't let me. I'm such a control freak. I don't like riding in the back. I'm like, can I, can I just be up there so I know what's going on, right? And uh, they don't let me do that. But um, so you get on an airplane. You're going somewhere, okay? You're going from Springfield. Let's say you're going Springfield to um, Key West, Florida. That'd be a nice place, right? Maybe you'd like that. Go, go out and fish and whatever, right? Go where all the rich people go and, yep, stuff like that. Martin's going to be there after his bakery takes off. He's going to be living down in Key West. And so you have this destination. You're leaving Springfield, Missouri, and you're going to Key West, Florida, all right? And so the moment that you board that plane, watch this, you are in the plane. And you are confined to that plane. Watch this. You're confined to the final destination of the plane. Those of you who have flown a plane in a plane lot, you've heard... You know, it's rare that this even happens anymore, but they'll say this plane is going to such and such city. Years ago, before all of this computer stuff, you'd be in a plane and they'd say this plane is going to such and such a city. If you're not going to this location, you need to get off the plane now. What does that mean? Because it's not dropping you off where you want to go. This isn't a taxi or a bus stop, right? has little stops on the way. The only way you're getting off this plane is if somebody opens the door and pushes you out or you got a parachute or something like that, okay? So watch, you are confined to the plane and, and, and you are confined to the final scheduled destination of that airplane. So here it is. The plane takes off and leaves out of Springfield. It's a beautiful flight. It goes and goes. And as you're flying over state, uh, you go over Arkansas and maybe you go over Louisiana and Mississippi and you'll come maybe part of a, go across the Gulf of Mexico and you're going south and come down over in the western part of the Gulf of Mexico and come into Key West and you make that landing. All of that time, watch this, you're still in the plane. You're still in the plane. You're flying over uh, location after location after location. You're still in the plane. Your current conversation is still in that plane. And as long as you stay on the plane, right, you're going to end up where the plane ends up. You're going to land exactly where the plane lands. Now, don't miss this this morning. God has something for us. The moment you come into G to Jesus Christ for salvation, you're in Christ like you'd be in that airplane. And it doesn't matter where your physical re body resides. You're legally and positionally in Christ. And one day, that plane is going to make its final approach. And it's going to make its approach into, the, into that, 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 that landing strip in heaven. Watch, and all of the passengers in that plane are going to get off exactly where it landed in heaven. You know, Hebrews tells us like this, Jesus is the forerunner that entereth that within the veil, right? He goes before us. What is the forerunner? The forerunner was that little ship 
that would go out and those big ships would, would drop their anchor and those little ships would take that anchor and bring it into harbor and they would drop the anchor in harbor and that ship would reel its, its anchor in and that anchor would pull that ship into that shallow harbor. While, watch, while the chain is out, while, the, the, while that link of that, of that anchor is, is out and that ship is out into the sea, it can be f- flopping around and going around and the waves can carry it around. But as long as you're in the ship right, and the anchor is in the harbor, you're getting pulled into shore. Jesus is the forerunner. Another illustration. What am I saying this morning? Friend, if you've placed your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ today, the Holy Spirit of God wanted to write it down, wanted you to know, wanted you to be sure that if you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you can know this, that you have eternal life. And can I tell you this about eternal life? Right? It has no beginning and no end. I guess you could technically say eternality is outside of time you have life that had watch it had no beginning now you have life that had no beginning and no end you have the life of God can I tell you something if that could ever end it's no longer eternal Can you know you're saved today? Yes. Yeah. Based on the written word of God, He wants you to know that you know that you know that you know. There was a day in your life when you turned to Jesus, when you came to God by faith, with faith, repentance towards God, the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and He saved you that day. Can I tell you? You're in Christ and you're going to land in heaven when this life is over. Are you in Christ this morning? Are you in Christ this morning? Have you had doubts about it? Can I tell you there's a couple reasons why you have doubts? One is unconfessed sin. Boy, it'll mess you up. The other one is disobedience on sin as well. Boy, it can mess you up. Stay in a state of a disobedience long enough, it can feel like the old life and you think you never even were saved. Why? What, what is happening? Because sin has put a wall up and the Holy Spirit of God is, 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 feels at a distance and it just feels like He's 100,000 miles away. And you stay there long enough, you go, am I even saved? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know how you fix that? Well, you get right with God. Start there. Hey, maybe this morning you know this. Maybe this morning you know that you're not in Christ. You know it. You're here. You're, you're watching online, whatever it may be. You know this. You're not in Christ. Today, today you need to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to do it today before it is eternally too late. Today. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. The Spirit of God is drawing Don't put it off. There's a heaviness there that's pulling you. Don't put it off. Take care of it today. Hey, the Bible says God will not always strive with man. One of the most terrifying thoughts to me is when the drawing stops and the Lord says, that's fine. You can have your way.
Does, does it ever come there? Absolutely it does. Do you know when it happens? Nope, I sure don't. I wouldn't even attempt to say that. God knows that. But it can. It can. Our Father, this morning, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for the plan of salvation. We want to thank you for the security that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. That no, no one can pluck us out of the Father's hand. That Jesus said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. That if we are in Christ and have eternal life, that life is a life without ending. And we thank you for that this morning. Would you strengthen us today with that truth? Would you equip us as we go out and into the world this week for those that may not know and those that have not been saved that would be better equipped to give an answer of the hope which lieth within us? And then, Father, for the one that's here today that's not saved, today would you begin to draw them again that they would come today and settle that today. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please. The instrument is going to play. I don't know how the Lord has spoken to you this morning. Maybe you just need to spend some time with the Lord right at your seat. Maybe you just need to spend a little bit of time with the Lord this morning saying thank you. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for the day I placed my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for saving me. I don't think, uh, friend, we may not do that enough. What a good time to do that. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Can anybody with a raised hand this morning say this? You raise your hand and say, you know what? I'm not 100% sure if I were to die today, if I were to go to heaven. I don't know. Anybody else? I want you to do this for me today. If that's you, maybe you're watching online and we don't even know you raised your hand. You can call in. You can email. You can send a note and we'll respond to you. But if you're here today, don't leave this place, please, without getting my attention or my wife's attention. For a, a man will have a man deal with you. Ladies will have a lady deal with you. And we'll show you from the Bible, the written word of God, how you could know that your sins are forgiven, that you'll be born again and on your way to heaven. Please don't leave. If there's any other need you have today, you can come. close here in a word of prayer in just a little in just a little bit here um, did you want to do that now or later it's so our invitations are so brother Earl and Miss Elaine were talking to me yesterday about coming and to join and uh, did you want to do that this